Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. In today's show, we cover the five biggest news stories from the world of Formula 1, including... Is it deal or no deal for Red Bull and Porsche? More off-track issues for F1. A surprise rookie for Alpha Tauri. Ferrari returns their roots. And when F3 meets the W Goodman, and you're listening to the fantastic Cut to the Race podcast. Hello, my name is Don Mylander, and you're listening to the Formula Birds podcast. Hi, I'm Rosanna Tennant, and you are listening to the incredible Cut to the Race podcast. Hi, I'm Jordan King, and you're listening to the Formula Nerds podcast. Hi, I'm Crofty. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out, and away we go. Welcome to News from the Nerds, the midweek news show brought to you by the Formula Nerds. Every Wednesday, we update you on everything you need to know from the world of F1. The show is brought to you by the news team at Formula Nerds. Keep up to date with all the latest news by visiting our website at formulanerds.com. My name's James McKenzie, and I'll be your host today, as I am every week. Sam, however, is still off living it up in Europe, somewhere between the Netherlands and Italy right now, I imagine. James wasn't lucky enough to get to the, Zand- to the Zandvoort beach, but you are near a beach at least, right, James? Correct, I am. Although at the moment it's very stormy and it's good surfing conditions, but I probably wouldn't want to go actually in the sea at the moment. Well, it's good to know. <laughs> and uh, any beaches near you, Abby? Um, no, not really. I'm kind of in the middle of Essex. I mean, we have some close, but they're not they're not like how James has it, unfortunately. Yeah. But you good otherwise, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. Thanks for asking. Host never gets asked, do they? Uh, and finally, we're joined again by Catherine. How's it going, Catherine? It's going good, thanks. I hope it's going well for you too. <laughs> now everyone's jumping in on it now. Uh, yeah, I'm still good, thanks. Uh, but yeah, on with the news. Uh, and we'll start with the Red Bull Porsche saga again. It appears the rumours we discussed last week of that long-awaited partnership, in fact, falling through are a reality. Now, I'll always take any quote from Helmet Marco with a McDonald's-sized pinch of salt. 
uh, other fast food chains are available. But this one was pretty definitive. He said, Porsche will not become a shareholder with us. We have every opportunity to build our own engines. So it looks like that's that. Uh, do we think Red Bull will stick it out on their own or will they eventually end up back with Honda? James? Red Bull have built from the ground up a huge engine operation and have a massive legacy in the sport. Uh, if we're to believe what has been said, Porsche wanted a sizable stake in Red Bull Racing, which uh, Helmut Marko, Christian Horner uh, and Dietrich Mateschitz were never going to be able to give. So I think they'll still have their own engine division. I think they want someone who's going to take on board their engine IP and develop it, but they don't want to give up their huge share of Rebel Racing. Uh, and to use a deal or no deal analogy, I can almost imagine Christian Horner standing behind that bench with a number one box, opening it up and saying 1P, smiling and saying, unlucky, mate. Um, frankly, I think it, I, 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 it's not surprising, uh, but considering what they've built over the years, I would not want to sell up or give up what I've built over how many years now? 20 years plus, almost. Uh, Horn is the longest serving team boss, I think, in F1 history at the moment, next to Franz Tost. He came in 2005 and he's still here. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's That was it. The power just shifted totally in Red Bull's direction, didn't it? And yeah, well, Porsche, as we know, they registered that finally, or F1 Alley, if you're James, uh, trademark. And it seems they still intend to use it, with the paddock rumours now hinting they're trying to cut a deal with McLaren. Do you reckon that'll work out? I'm not entirely sure. I mean, when we had Audi's announcement, I was sure that we would get a Porsche Red Bull announcement. But obviously, as you guys have just said, that is falling through. But partnering with McLaren, I can't really see that happening. I don't know why. That's just not, that's not the team that I would have put Porsche with. I still think Porsche will find their way into F1. Somehow they will worm their way in. But I don't think it will be with McLaren. And I, I think... Also, it would make it a bit interesting because currently McLaren are partnered with Mercedes. So I think it will sort of create that rivalry and competitiveness between two German, major German car manufacturers. And maybe some may see it that it might be a bit sneaky for McLaren to just leave Mercedes and join Porsche. But at the same time, Mercedes were rumoured earlier in the season that they might lose um, a customer too because it's just not feasible for them to keep producing that much engines. The only thing I'd add about McLaren is Porsche wanted to tag on to Red Bull because the infrastructure for the engine had already, had already been created and they were just going to be developing uh, what Red Bull had and then making it into their engine and badging it with a Porsche on it. With McLaren, they would have to do what Audi are doing and build their own engine from scratch. And we're now 2022, the regulations coming in 2026. They would need a huge amount of uh, infrastructure and research to go into that. So I'm with you, Abby. I don't really see McLaren as an option for Porsche because McLaren won't uh, suddenly sell up their stake in their team either. But I do, I do get your point, Catherine. It is an interesting thought and it would give some more competition. But I'm not I'm not sure McLaren is the way to go because the fundamental problem for Red Bull still remains at McLaren. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much agree across the board with you guys. I mean, I think McLaren, McLaren-Porsche would be a pretty cool like, combination, I think, to see on the grid. Uh, they, they were partnered. At least the engine, engines were badged as Porsche. I think they were made by Porsche. Correct me on that, but in the 80s. 
James, lean towards the mic. Were you going <laughs> to... Yeah, they were. So it was McLaren, uh, Porsche, and then also Tag Porsche. It was a sponsorship deal, but effectively it was a McLaren Porsche engine. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, a bit of nostalgia there, which worked out really well for them last time, the Honda deal. But from the orange of McLaren to the orange of the Dutch Grand Prix, James, I believe we should be preparing for a trademark rant. I don't like I have a reputation for this, but never mind. Um, it's about it's the dark side of Formula One, unfortunately. So um, we had an incident during the race, a really bizarre incident, uh, where Yuki Tsunoda pulled um, off the track on lap 48, saying his tyre wasn't fitted properly. And then after a, uh, maybe about a minute or so, got the car going again, went into the pits, um, had his seatbelts fiddled around with, um, and then was sent back out on his way again only to stop halfway around the circuit, bringing out the virtual safety car, which then negated uh, Lewis Hamilton's advantage he'd built by being on um, on a one-stop strategy and not being able to stop again, whereas Verstappen did have to stop, uh, which, which Verstappen did under the virtual safety car. Uh, unfortunately, on Twitter, we have now got, there's no, there's no way to describe it, morons, um, launching a conspiracy theorist, and one of which was I'm going to quote now, which was sent to us on our Slack channel, uh, by our head of Twitter, Richard, who's had to sift through some truly awful comments, um, was saying it was a picture of the genius that is Hannah Schmidt, the uh, head of Red Bull strategy, uh, calling her a, what was it, a, a, a vicious lying snake. Now, that is not on. It's not called for. Uh, these are not fans of the sport. Uh, I would love to see some of these Twitter idiots sat on the bench in Hannah's position having to make these calls. Um, or indeed having already sat in a Yuki Tsunoda's car trying to get it to start because they sure as hell wouldn't be able to get it onto the track. And <sighs> AlphaTauri had to uh, put a, a, a statement out saying this isn't acceptable, which is just awful. Uh, but I will call these people what they are. They're idiots. They're not fans of the sport. And they have an IQ of one. And what's even more funnier for me is that these people, are, are, they're not even using fake names. These are pe people's actual profiles, which means that if their work ever discovers who these people are, they'll be in serious trouble because online abuse, not really, uh, not, not really accepted, funnily enough. Anyway, that's my mini rant done. I'm trying not going to go too emotional. Uh, but what do, what do you guys think of it, uh, the uh, quite dark events surrounding Hannah Schmitz and uh, Yuki Tsunoda? I think the fact that a statement has had to be made to say that Alpha Terrier, like people are against this, is really disheartening. I think in the world we live in, social media rules completely and it is just a place for people to share their emotions. However, these people who are criticising Hannah and that are not fans of F1. Like, I'm not a Red Bull fan. I'm not a Max fan. I'm Lewis and Mercedes. But I admire Hannah. She's the head of the strategy. She did an amazing job. So we should support her and her success. We shouldn't try and tear her down for it. And at the end of the day, it's her job she's done really well and f1 fans are supposed to be fans of racing like Catherine, you're a max fan and i'm a lewis fan but we get on we love f1 we're not like there's some people who are lewis fans who won't ever speak to max fans and vice versa and there shouldn't be this whole conspiracy about it we should all just love racing and accept that yes our favorite driver may not have won and the race may not have gone in their favour. But that doesn't mean that we can criticise everyone on the opposing team for trying to manipulate it and play against it. 
and also what I think is that it's I really found surprising how many of the comments were made by women themselves and in an industry that is really difficult for a woman to get in and like achieve a position such as head of strategy at Red Bull it is really difficult for a woman to achieve that and to find other people just attacking her it's like I feel like as women we should be lifting each other up rather than trying to tear each other down especially because sort of we're in this together like me and Abby might face situations in the future that would maybe you guys like James both James wouldn't have to face because simply for the reason that you're men and we're women and also with the conspiracy theories part I mean Last Sunday, me and Abby were talking with Ollie about the conspiracy theory that might have been. And I'm not saying that it is wrong for people to suggest it, but I think that there is a limit. It's like, okay, have a joke with it. Maybe it might be true. Maybe it was fixed. Who knows? But probably not. But it's just there is a limit and you shouldn't really be attacking people with it. And unfortunately, we have seen this a lot in Formula One. Even, I mean, last season when Nicolas Latifi was receiving all those death threats because of what happened in the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It is just uncalled for. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, yeah, like you said, you can you can wonder about it. I think I said to my friend during the race, I was like, this looks a bit fishy. But it, like when you actually sit back and think of it, frustration aside, because I get the frustration from from Lewis fans, from Mercedes fans. It's been it's been a rough ride since Abu Dhabi last year and the guy can't catch a break with a safety car. So yeah, when Red Bull sister team is there doing... And what like, as a brief tangent, that was bizarre. Like I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, okay, so it's, it was a differential, it turns out. But... I don't think they should have sent him back out. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's you don't get, then go to social media and start attacking people. Like you, sh- you let yourself cool off. This is the problem with social media and this age of just toxicity online. It's people are just venting, and where you used to vent to whoever was in the room with you if you were annoyed by a sports decision, now you go and literally tag the person that you want to attack, and it's a real person on the other end, and people need to remember that. What I find amazing is you wouldn't call your boss a lying, cheating snake t- um, to their face because you'd be fired on the spot. Um, but we live in a, in a time when it's acceptable to do that online. So, no, I completely agree. It's, it is awful. And uh, Red Bull had more to lose, to be honest. By if they, it let, Let's say uh, for argument's sake, and I'm not saying I, one way either or, but let's say for a moment that they did decide to try and fix that Grand Prix, right? If, they caught, if they're caught doing that, they would be they'd be chucked out of the championship, and Max is already so far ahead that he will affect it. He's going to win the championship this year. It's wrapped up. So Red Bull don't need to do don't need to fix a Grand Prix just to just to just to just to uh, say what the conspiracy theorists are thinking. It doesn't actually stack up when you really look at it. It looked dotty as one of Del Boy's dealings, but I don't really see how it could have been done. Yeah, no, I mean exactly. That's it. They wouldn't risk it. It's, I mean. Crashgate and all kinds of stuff has always made me think, you know, maybe maybe there's something in this when it's conspiracy theories in F1 because stuff has happened that is unbelievable. But yeah, it just wouldn't make sense. If this were last year and it was neck and neck, then yeah, it'd be a bit more suspicious. But yeah, for the sake of a tenth max win, no. Uh, but that will do it for Alpha Tauri, I think. But we've got more Alpha Tauri news, right, Abby? No, sorry, right, Catherine. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So currently, Alpha Tauri are on the verge of losing Pierre Gasly, and he will probably be, for the best, finally be exiting the Red Bull system, and he will be on his way to Alpine, but Alpha Tauri still has to fill in that seat. And it is rumored that that seat will be filled in by Colton Herta, who currently drives an IndyCar. He has really impressed when he raced in the race of champions, too, with the American team. And... The only problem for Colton is that he doesn't have a super license. And because he never drove in F2 or F3, it is a bit more difficult for him to obtain that. And the FIA and Alfa Tauri are trying to work on it. But the thing is that there is a COVID clause that might help Colton Herta obtain his um, super license. Because basically, um, this just... It gives sort of an excuse to drivers because of COVID, they didn't have the time to actually drive the car. So everyone sort of went a step back and they will give him probably the license and he can race. But one driver that had his say on it on Twitter was Callum Eilert, who also drove in Formula 2 previously. And now he's racing in the car. And basically one can say that Formula 1 is not a future for him for sure. And it is quite disappointing because I think we can all agree that Callum Eilert was one of the best talents in Formula 2. And it is a shame that he never got his chance to race in a Formula 1 car. And for me, what I really think about at this point is like how such drivers, like for example for Callum, how frustrating it might be that despite the fact that he right now has a full-time job within the car, his dream was still F1. You cannot really compare something to that. And... There wasn't anyone to help him deal with the fact that that wouldn't happen. So it's just, it is just another episode where we are shown that in motorsport, drivers are literally left on their own and they have to sort of deal with it on their own too. What do you guys think of that? I think it's interesting about her to go into Red Bull because he is like linked to McLaren. I think he's part of their testing previous cars program. And he completed a test for them earlier this year and said, I'm fast enough for F1. So I think he has the talent to be an F1. It'll be interesting to see how he performs against Sonoda. Um, and also like Max and that, and just the rest of the grid, it'll be very interesting. But Horner said that 
I don't think there will be a desire to change if there wasn't an interesting option available. Which, like, Red Bull, in the junior categories, they have so many drivers. They have, in F2, they have Lawson, Oasa, Hauger, Deruvula. Like, I get that Herta may be incredibly talented and they would want him, but they also have these drivers who are incredibly talented in their own right. Like, Lawson is fifth in the F2 Championship. And Owasa, yes, it's his first season, but he is showing an incredible talent in his rookie season. Um, So, yeah, I was thinking they would look more towards one of them to replace Gasly if Gasly moves to Alpine. But I can see why Herta would also be appealing to them. Yeah, you must be feeling pretty disillusioned as as a Red Bull junior at this point that they're going fishing elsewhere outside the talent pool when, you know, it's so extensive, like you say, and... Yeah, I mean, I would, it's, I would say a, a second year will do Owasa good, but yeah, I mean, Liam Lawson's fifth and yeah, he's had a lot of bad luck this year. He's shown what he can do in DTM as well. I would be pretty disappointed as Liam to to not be getting considered for a guy who, yeah, clearly looks very talented and could prove to be hugely talented, but is pretty unproven on this side of the pond. Uh, yeah, I mean... We'll see. Yeah, it might prove to be a masterstroke. It might prove never to happen. It's not confirmed yet. But but yeah, I mean, I guess there's no space for him at McLaren anymore, is there? That's the that's what it boils down to, where those were his connections. But with Oscar and Lando, that's wrapped up, you'd think, for a while now. The other aspect, of course, is uh, financial. It's money. Um, we don't know what... Uh, I know Red Bull don't, aren't exactly in need of cash, but there's no getting away. The motorsport is an expensive industry for both driver and for team. So I wonder if there's something which Red Bull like the eye of um, in terms of the sponsorship dealings that maybe Herta's got or anything else, because the guys in Formula 2, as awesome as they are and the money they will, I'm sure, bring, they sure have to pay the Red Bull program, probably pales into insignificance to what Herta has with his existing deals in IndyCar, which I'm sure are substantial. So there's also that aspect possibly to, uh, to consider. I mean, speaking about sponsorship, Next year, we already have, I think, three American races on the calendar. We're going to have Las Vegas, Miami, and then there's Texas. I'm not sure whether I'm missing one out, but I don't think so. So that could also be an option why Red Bull are aiming for an American driver. But at the same time, I just, in my opinion, I think that there should be a policy. Like, for example, if a driver cannot race again in the junior series because he already won it, then in F1, shouldn't there be a policy that a team like Red Bull, who has so many junior drivers, they just cannot go and grab another driver from another series that never even drove in Formula 3 or Formula 2. I think that like something like that has to be made to sort of protect these drivers, especially when you look at Red Bull and they have Alpha Tauri as a sister team. So they are getting their Red Bull juniors already in the F1 system and then they're basically preparing them for the Red Bull seats. It's just things that other teams do not have. And I don't know, I think that they are maybe taking it a bit too much this time by bringing Colton Herta in. Yeah, I see what you mean. It'd be very hard to enforce, uh, to prevent you know, shopping around. I mean, it, people forget Max wasn't, you know, he didn't come through the ranks with Red Bull. They they snapped him up pretty much instantly before he came into F1. He wasn't, you know, someone who came through the ranks. He just got seen for the talent he was and they, they grabbed him. And I mean, that was why he went to, 
Toro Rosso, as it was at that point, was because they could offer him a drive straight away, or he was speaking to Mercedes as well, as well and they couldn't. Uh, but yeah, enough about Red Bull and Alpha Tauri. Definitely this time, we'll move on. Uh, although I do have a, a forced segue I can use. Pierre Gasly, uh, Alpha Tauri's only win was at the Italian Grand Prix. And where are we heading this weekend? It's the Italian Grand Prix. There you go. There'll be segues at every topic this week. Uh, so it is the Italian Grand Prix. Uh, Ferrari heading back to home soil. It'd be nice to see them pull something out of the bag and at least challenge that Red Bull straight line speed. Or, you know, at least not totally screw everything up. But whatever they do, it looks as though they'll be doing it in yellow. That's right. The reddest team in F1 history are going to be at least partially yellow this weekend. They've revealed shots of the drivers in yellow racing suits. And now we'll just have to wait to see if the cars are yellow too. Uh, now, I believe there's one member of our panel who quite often has an Italian flag behind her on our, on the video. So I'll, I'll throw to Catherine on this one. How do you feel about a yellow Ferrari? Is it cool? Is it sacrilege? So... Basically, one time, one time in their history, Ferrari has actually drove with a yellow car. I was writing about it tonight, so stay tuned for that article. But yes, they have driven a yellow Ferrari. To be fair, I'm a bit nervous about how this livery is going to turn out. Because I remember they did the maroon one, which I think was last year or the year before. And I didn't really quite like it, so I'm not going to lie. Tuscany, wasn't it? Twenty. I, thi- I think so. I forgot exactly, but... So... Uh, with the livery, I'm a bit nervous to see how it's going to look. And with Ferrari at Monza, I mean, well, we had a good race in 2019, our last good race. But it's just, it's it's really frustrating because as a Ferrari fan, you're looking forward to Monza. And you're like, maybe, maybe just this one race, maybe they'll, you know, pull something out of the bag. And maybe if we have... All, all all, the other races, it can honestly just be a disaster, but at least have Monza. So I'm hoping that they would, you know, maybe be on Red Bull's level, at least just for Monza. Because to be fair, I have lost hope in February season this year. And um, I'm just looking forward for the season to finish and for March next year. Well, hopefully they've got their bad luck out of the way because from what I gather, one of their trucks broke down on the way to Monza. Uh, so that's not the greatest. You can look at that one of two ways, either not the greatest start or just getting, getting out their bad luck in one go. There have been There is a history of Monza being the home of Ferrari's Nadir race uh, where things can go spectacularly wrong, but that means that the, the journey back up usually starts then. Um, I'm thinking of Monza 2014, so that was the year of the first hybrid regulations and Alonso retired on the main straight in front of the Tifosi main grandstand. And Alonso announced his, his move to McLaren and I believe um, Luca de Montezemolo resigned pretty much quickly afterwards as well. So hopefully Ferrari can be on the pace this weekend. Uh, we did see an, another another cock up, unfortunately, in the pits this time uh, with Sainz. Hopefully we will see some positivity coming from this race. I, do, I don't enjoy putting Ferrari down on a weekly basis, particularly when there's a, such an avid Ferrari fan on with us. You know, I don't enjoy doing it. Imagine having to do the race review and all oh. the listeners, they just hear me rant every single Sunday. I feel really bad for them, to be fair. But the problem is Ferrari just don't give us any opportunity to say anything positive half the time. But at least Matteo Bonotto has come out and now said some, we have to address something. 
So he does finally understand something has to be addressed, but he needs to do something quickly and actually get the tragedy scene sorted. I'm never going to forget that, that a, a great meme I saw. Someone made a Lego Ferrari garage and they uh, they put the strategy room at the top and actually put a wheel of fortune in the strategy room, which sums up for me how Ferrari are making decisions this year. So hopefully that will go. I mean, with their truck breaking down on the way to London, surely the only way they can go is up. I mean, that's pretty disastrous to have before you even get to the circuit. I don't know. <laughs> they can find a way. They can find a way. But yeah, hopefully they do have a good weekend. I'm interested to see what the yellow car will look like on track. So hopefully it will be good. I feel like having the home crowd and all the Tifosi there might bring some good spirits and some hope to the team. So hopefully, fingers crossed. I have to say, we've said hopefully a fair few times between the four of us now. So really, really are wanting to show some hope here. Come on, Ferrari, you can do it. We said hope, I think, more than Ferrari had wins this season. Oh, savage. Well, speaking of Monza, it is the final race weekend of the Formula 3 Championship, which you'd think would be our news, but it's not. Because F3 announced yesterday that they will be having a one-day test for four female drivers in the Formula 3 car. Now, the women include W Series drivers Abby Pulling, Chloe Chambers and Teresa Babakova. And also Hamda al Kubasi from F4 and Formula Regional. Now, the first test... The first kind of test that was this took place last year and all the women involved said that they loved it. So the test this year takes place in France on September 16th and 17th and it's to give the girls the opportunity to learn about F3, learn about the car, how it acts on track and just the demands of this championship to prepare them for when they make the jump to F3. And Teresa Babakova, well, all the girls are very excited, but Babakova said her goal is to step up to F3 in the future. So she expects this test to show her her real ability so she can focus on what she needs to do to improve. Now, this is a bit of positive news surrounding women in motorsport after the Hannah Schmitz news that we announced earlier. So I'm very excited to see the results of this test. I think it's a great opportunity, a great step to get women involved in the feeder series because... Yes, we have W Series, but F3 and F2 are the only ways into Formula 1, unless you're potentially Carlton Herta. So it is good to see that these girls are getting the opportunity. What do you guys think about it? Um, I think it's great news, to be fair, and also to for the girls like to know more about how such a Formula 3 car can affect their physicality too. Because, for example, Jamie Chadwick, she had spoken before about how, for example, okay, a woman can easily make it into F1, but then can she cope with the demands of the car? So I think having such tests is a positive thing, because even for like more research and more study, they can see what they can do for women and sort of what sort of physical plan they can go on to eventually have um, uh, be strong enough to race in a Formula 3 car and hopefully in the future Formula 2 and Formula 1 too. Yeah, uh, I, yeah I agree. And I think also we've got, we've had Tatiana Calder on comeback recently for a couple, you know, for, for the last uh, F2 race. And she's been in F3 as well. So I think we're now hopefully starting to get to the stage where we will start to see more women on the Formula 2 and Formula 3 grids. Is something I think we, we the sport needs to aim for, and this is a really good step to get that way. Um, I'm going to call it now on this podcast that we will have no fewer than four women next year on the F3 grid. I'll call it now. I could be very wrong, 
Um, I'm not going to give myself a forfeit because that's just setting myself up for failure. But I would like to think that uh, three to four women next year on the F3 grid is what we'll get. That is something that I would love to see, James. I would love to see that. And the CEO, Bruno Michel, has said that these tests can help the women understand what's required from every aspect so they can prepare for the challenges when they progress into the championship. Not if they progress, but when they progress into F3. Well, there you go. It sounds like James might be right. And on that bombshell, I think we'll call it a day. So thanks for joining us. Be sure to head over to FormulaNerds.com to check out the latest news and, of course, on all your usual socials. And then go and check out the Cut to the Race podcast where we reviewed the Dutch Grand Prix this weekend and apparently Catherine ranted a lot. And we'll be reviewing the Italian Grand Prix next up and hopefully she won't be ranting quite so much. So that's you up to date in the world of F1 for now. Thanks, everyone, for joining me. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. And how are you? I know it's a bit late, but I thought I'd, I'd probably <laughs> should join right at the end. Oh, Did you enjoy yeah. yourself? Well, I'm 30 minutes older and 30 minutes tighter, but other than that, I'm still good. Uh, Catherine, want to wanna sign us out with the, the third line? And make sure to come back for more. But it won't be my ranting on Sunday, thank God, because I'm going to be in Turin. Probably, now that I'm not going to be on the podcast, they'll probably have a win, I'm telling you. There you go. We, we hope so. Hopefully, back to catch you up again next week. Till then, over and out. You're listening to the Cut to the Race podcast. It's lights out and away we go. Sports Social Podcast Network.